The following program has been paid for by the Apostolic Faith Church. From the heart of the Pacific, in Honolulu, Hawaii. Apostolic Faith Church presents the Kingdom of God Crusade. Join us now for another hour of worship with Pastor Han, the church choir, and the band. We hope and pray that you'll find this next hour a blessing. Good morning, everyone. I'm Head Pastor Blihan Jr., and I would like to thank you for joining us today. We welcome you to the Kingdom of God Crusade telecast, being brought to you every Sunday morning, not only here in Hawaii from 8 to 9 a.m., but also in parts of California from 6 to 7 a.m. on station XDTV, channel 13 in San Diego, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KPSC, channel 13 in Palm Springs from 7 to 8 a.m. on station KBTV Channel 8 and Comcast Channel 238 in Sacramento, including Chico and Fresno. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KBVU-TV Channel 28 in Eureka. From 8 to 9 a.m. on station KOTR-TV Channel 11 in Monterey. From 6 to 7 a.m. on channel 1519 Charter Cable in Los Angeles. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KQTA-TV, channel 15.3, and Comcast channel 238 in San Francisco, Oakland, and San Jose. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KECY, channel 9 in El Centro, California, and Yuma, Arizona. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KLSR, channel 34 in Eugene, Oregon. From 5 to 6 a.m. on station KZJO, channel 22 in Seattle, Washington. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KUCW, channel 30 of Ogden, Salt Lake City, Utah, parts of Nevada and Wyoming. And from 7 to 8 a.m. on Time Warner Cable Channel 503 in New York City. If you'd like more information on our church and view our Kingdom of God Crusade telecast in its entirety, be sure to visit our website at JesusComingSoon.org. The Apostolic Faith Church, located at 1043 Middle Street, is the headquarters of the gospel of the kingdom of God for the whole world, with the sign of the roof of the temple, Jesus coming soon. A landmark in Kali for 98 years, and our prayer tower, the first of its kind in Hawaii, dedicated exclusively for prayer. The church was founded by the late Charles and Ada B. Lachman on August 4, 1923, and passed on to our late chief pastor, William M. Hansen, in 1959, who continued the gospel to its fullness. We hope and pray that this telecast will draw you closer to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and be a real blessing to you, our television audience, saints wherever you are, and the shut-ins, that is those of you in the hospitals and convalescent and homes. And should you need prayer or someone to pray over you, please don't hesitate to call the phone number designated at the conclusion of the telecast. When God moves, it's always perfect and always timely. And His moves are beyond our understanding. Today, with great excitement and joy, we are commemorating the 42nd anniversary of the Kingdom of God Crusade telecast. 
prior to the first telecast, the late chief servant, Pastor William Hahn Sr., heard the voice of the Lord through his vessel 32 years earlier. The Lord told the servant the gospel work will be heard and shown on a civil screen and that many will come to him through this ministry. Initially, the chief servant's desire was for a 30-minute monthly program, but the Lord had other plans. In 1980, with much prayer and supplication, the telecast began as an Easter special, and with the Lord at our side, we have never looked back. KITV Channel 4, the only station at the time who supported the church and through the years believed in our mission and have been with us through our learning period and growth. Today we come to you every Sunday preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God. I'd like to thank the KIT4 staff for their wonderful support and for the, everything they've done for us. May the good Lord continue to bless and keep you all. On this beautiful first Sunday of 2022, I would like to call upon the church choir directed by Emilia Hahn to come forward and sing an exciting number featuring a solo by Ryan Okahashi entitled, Let the Church Roll On. The choir will be accompanied by Edith Matsuki on the piano and Iris Locke on the organ. Yes, TV viewers, saints, and friends, no matter what happens in this life and in your walk with the Lord, no matter the murmuring or complaining, we move forward with the gospel work and we keep moving forward until Jesus calls us home. in the church and he ushers wrong what shall we do teach him how to do it right and let the church roll on roll on church let the church roll on steward in the church and he stoops to much let him stew until he's through and let the church roll on roll on church preacher in the church and he won't preach right shape him up or shape him out and let the church roll on roll on church church and she talks too much if you have a woman in the church and she talks too much there ain't nothing you can do let the church roll on roll on church let the church 
pleasure to introduce and bring forth the Apostolic Faith Church Band. Under my direction, they excitedly await to play for you the rendition of the melody entitled Deep River Midley. <laughs> Thank you. 
Saints and friends, it behooves each and every one of us to put mind, body, and spirit to prayer. Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 tells us, Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known unto the Lord. Our solo for this morning is Sherlina Bing. She has chosen to sing to the Lord and to you the beautiful song titled, Whisper a Prayer. Accompanying her will be Teodri Summers on the piano, trusty associate pastor, Mr. Brogue Sr., Mason Sound Sr. on the guitars, and associate pastor Marvin Abing on the bass. Church choir will gather once again and sing their second number for today entitled, God Spoke. 
I invite you to sing along with the choir as the words appear on your screen.
I'm excited to bring on this next group of talented individuals, all part of the Apostolic Faith Church Band. They're just about ready to play the number entitled, He Hideth My Soul.
Our husband and wife duo, Associate Pastor Timothy, his wonderful helpmate Emilia Hahn, are at the ready to sing their rendition of the melody entitled, One Thing Have I Desired. Tim and Emilia will be accompanied by myself on the piano. Trusty Associate Pastor Evan Sproke, Senior Mason Asylum, Senior the Guitars, and Associate Pastor Marvin Abing on the bass. I am delighted to dedicate today's number to our faithful servant, Pastor Reginald, and his gracious helpmate, Jesse Ann Kasteners of our Molokai Branch Church. Pastor Reggie and Sister Jesse Ann, your true and loving faithfulness to the gospel will surely not go unrewarded. Continue the good fight, keep the faith, and may the good Lord bless you both and give you a wonderful year. Hi, and praise the Lord, everyone. I'm Associate Pastor Melvin Honda, and I'd like to repeat our television time, stations, and locations in the continental United States for our viewing audience, especially if any of you plan to visit or reside in California. These telecasts can now be viewed every Sunday morning from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KDTV channel 13 in San Diego, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KPSC channel 13 in Palm Springs, from 7 to 8 a.m. on station KBTV Channel 8 and Comcast Channel 238 in Sacramento, including Chico and Fresno. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KBVU TV Channel 28 in Eureka. From 8 to 9 a.m. on station KOTR TV Channel 11 in Monterey. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station 1519 Charter Cable in Los Angeles. 
from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KQTA TV channel 15.3 and Comcast channel 238 in San Francisco, Oakland, and San Jose. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KECY channel 9 in El Centro, California, and Yuma, Arizona. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KLSR channel 34 in Eugene, Oregon. From 5 to 6 a.m. on station KZJO channel 22 in Seattle, Washington. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KUCW channel 30 of Ogden, Salt Lake City, Utah, and parts of Nevada and Wyoming. And from 7 to 8 a.m. on Time Warner channel 503 in New York City. If you'd like to know more about our gospel work and view our Kingdom of God crusade telecast in its entirety, please visit our website on JesusComingSoon.org. And now concerning a schedule of gospel services here in our home state, Hawaii, services are held at the temple every Tuesday and Friday at 7 p.m. On Sunday, gospel services start at 10 a.m. and divine healing services at 7 p.m. Sunday school for all ages begin at 9 a.m. and prayer services are held daily in the prayer tower at 2 p.m. except on Fridays at 10 a.m. The same schedule is observed by neighbor island branch churches as services are also conducted by Pastor Regino V. Castaneda Sr. in Kanakakai Molokai, by Pastor Walter I. Tinloi in Hilo, Hawaii, by Pastor Leonard K.Y. Asano Sr. in Koloa, Kauai, and by Pastor Hannibal Espera in Balogo, Pikawayan, and by Pastor Vesper Espera in President Rojas, Cotabato, Mindanao, Philippines. At our Maui Branch Church in Lahaina, Maui, services are held every second Sunday of the month. You're welcome to attend these services regardless of church affiliations. There are no collections. However, if you desire to voluntarily contribute to support these telecasts and the Lord's work, you may do so by sending your donations to the address designated at the conclusion of the telecast. And now, I'd like to return our program back to Head Pastor Billy Hahn Jr., who will bring forth his spirit-directed and spirit-inspired sermon. Pastor Billy? Thank you, Melvin. My sermon entitled, There Be Some Changes Made, was prepared especially for you in hopes that it will motivate you to become partakers in Christ Jesus. The Lord's path is always straight and narrow, and for many, it can appear to be a difficult and constant uphill climb. But take it on good authority that the easy downhill path will lead you directly into condemnation. It certainly would be an irreversible and distressful fate for the, anyone to hear the Lord say at judgment, I know you not. Don't enter into my rest. Therefore, may today's sermon encourage you to take matters into your own hands if you haven't already done so, and work on your salvation immediately. Posted in large letters on a poster in the hallway of a building, at Honolulu International Airport were those words, change in progress. Now, I had a considerable disagreement with the young man who put up the poster. I certainly didn't agree with it. I always thought of progress as improvement. Therefore, all change is not improvement. But you will find many people fight change no matter what their view. Things are fine as they are. We have been following those procedures for the last 50 years. Therefore, why change now? In the future, it is quite likely there will be some changes in our church. Who is behind these changes? Why, the Lord Jesus Christ, of course. Some of these changes will be understood and accepted, while others will not. It is often difficult to know just who is right when considering changes. 
it is a challenge for us to decide whether or not to support or fight such things as advantages and disadvantages. Some are of the opinion that if it was good enough for Paul and Silas and the apostles, it's good enough for them. Change has always been difficult, but of all time, it was Jesus who was the greatest agent of change. We marvel at some of Jesus' teachings. For example, Jesus said that one race of people was as good as another. We are two born-again Christians today because Jesus extended the teachings of God to the Gentiles. You see, Jesus doesn't look at the color of a person. He looks at the heart. Peter opened his mouth while preaching to the Gentiles in the house of Cornelius. Read in Acts chapter 10, 34-35. Of a truth, I perceive that God is no respecter of persons, but in every nation he that feareth him and worketh righteousness is accepted with him. He is, is he the God of the Jews only? Is he not also God of the Gentiles? Yes, of the Gentiles also. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. It was Jesus who was willing to sit with sinners. If I, as your pastor, were to be seen in a bar testifying to someone about his soul or visiting a lady of questionable character, tongues would soon be gossiping. Jesus, however, was a friend of sinners. One day, as he was preaching by the seaside, all the multitude came to him, and he taught them, as we read in Mark 2, 14 to 17. And as he passed by, he saw Levi, the son of Alphaeus, sitting at the receipt of custom, another a tax collector, and said unto him, Follow me. And he rose and followed him. And it came to pass that as Jesus sat at meeting in his house, many publicans and sinners sat also together with Jesus and his disciples. For there were many, and they followed him. And when the scribes and Pharisees saw him eat with publicans and sinners, they said unto his disciples, How is it that ye eateth and drinketh with publicans and sinners? When Jesus heard it, he said unto them, They that are whole have no need of the physician, but they that are sick. I came not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. The Pharisees thought, that they were righteous and were not sick with sin. Thus, the Lord had no message of salvation for them. It was Jesus who had the nerve to say that a neighbor did not always mean someone who lived next door. A lawyer willing to justify himself said unto Jesus, and who is my neighbor? Jesus answered him with the parable of the Good Samaritan. We read in Luke 10, 30 to 36. A certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves which stripped him of his raiment, and wounded him, and departed, leaving him half dead. And by chance there came down a certain priest that way, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. And isn't it ironic that many false shepherds today are passing on the other side instead of helping the helpless? And likewise a Levite, when he was at the place, came and looked on him, and passed by on the other side. Just imagine, the Levites were set apart for the service of God and to serve the people. But like the priests, they passed by on the other side. But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was. And when he saw him, he had compassion on him and went to him and bound up his wounds, pouring in oil and wine, and set him on his own beast and brought him to an inn and took care of him. And on the morrow, when he departed, he took out two pence and gave him to the host and said unto him, Take care of him, 
and whatsoever thou spendest more, when I come again, I will repay thee. Which now of these three thinkest thou was neighbor unto him that fell among the thieves? And the lawyer replied, He that showed mercy on him. Then Jesus said unto him, Go, and do thou likewise. In this parable, we see that the Jews had no dealings with the Samaritans. The real Samaritan in this case was Jesus himself, who went about doing good, healing, preaching the gospel to the poor, offering deliverance to the captives, giving sight to the blind, setting at liberty those who were bruised, and comforting the brokenhearted. Not satisfied, the scribes still questioned Jesus about the greatest commandment and asked him, which is the first commandment of all? Jesus answered them as you read in Mark 12, 29 to 31. The first of all commandments is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy might, and with all thy strength. This is the first commandment. And the second is like namely this, Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. There is none other commandment greater than these. Again, he emerges the question, who is thy neighbor? And if you didn't know already, viewers, your neighbor is your family, your kinfolk, and all the people of the world. However, your first love must be Jesus. Put Jesus first in your lives. Second comes your loved ones, relatives, and neighbors. Thus we find that the Lord Jesus passed over the external things. The summary of the law is to love God and to love others. Outward ceremonies and observances are useless if the heart is not right with God. When Jesus preached and taught, he upset the apocart of the priests, the Pharisees, and the Sadducees. He disagreed with the legal system of his day, and what was worse, he said that the priests weren't really worth very much. Jesus spoke to the multitudes and the disciples. In Matthew 23, 2-4, we read, The scribes and the Pharisees sit in Moses' seat. All therefore whatsoever they bid you observe, that observe and do, but do not ye after their works. For they say, and do not. For they bind heavy burdens and grievous to be borne, and lay them on men's shoulders. But they themselves will not move them with one of their fingers. Jesus went on and said that they loved the uppermost rooms at feasts, the chief seats in the synagogues, greetings in the markets, and to be called the men. Rabbi, Rabbi. Jesus spoke on, as you read in the 8th and ninth verses, But be not ye called rabbi, for one is your master, even Christ, and all ye are brethren. And call no man your father upon the earth, for one is your father which is in heaven. Jesus pronounced nothing but woes upon the scribes and Pharisees, as you read the 13th to the 15th verses. But woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for ye shut up the kingdom of heaven against men. For ye neither go in yourselves, neither suffer ye them that are entering to go in. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! For ye devour widows' houses, and for a pretense make long prayer. Therefore ye shall receive the greater damnation. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! For ye compass sea and land to make one proselyte. And when he is made, ye make him twofold more than the child of hell than yourselves. You can see, viewers, that Jesus didn't hold back on anything. He changed the concept of what it was to be a leader. A certain man said unto him, Lord, I will follow thee, whithersoever thou goest. And Jesus responded unto him, as you find in Luke 9, 58, Foxes have holes, and birds of the air have nests, 
but the Son of Man hath not where to lay his head. The Lord Jesus had no home of his own. Sometimes he stayed with friends, other times he slept by the sea or in the mountains. He wants the man to know that those who follow him must be willing to suffer hardships in this world. Hardly the image of what the head of the large and worthwhile organization of the day or this could expect. And consider what another man had to say to him as we read in the 59th, 60th verses. Lord, suffer me first to go bury my father. Jesus said unto him, let the dead bury their dead. But go thou and preach the kingdom of God. And another said in the 61st and 62nd verses, Lord, I will follow thee. But let me first go bid them farewell, which are at home at my house. And Jesus said unto him, No man, having put his hand to the plow, and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. A good plowman keeps his eyes straight ahead on the furrow, for if he turns his head, the furrow will be crooked. That was a change from the normal. That is a change from the normal. One of the greatest changes occurred when Jesus preached the gospel of the kingdom of God. As we read in Mark 1, 14 to 15, now after that John was put in prison, Jesus came to Galilee preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God and saying, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent ye and believe the gospel. If one has not already done so, it is of the utmost importance for that individual to concede to Jesus in full repentance. True repentance is to profess godly sorrow for sins committed. However, repentance is only the initial step towards full salvation. One must go beyond that and be baptized by immersion in the name of Jesus. Yes, viewers, if you have been baptized the Lord's way, you do not have to be rebaptized. Oh, you exclaim, I did not realize that there was such a thing as the Lord's way in baptism and in the salvation of my soul. Let me assure you, there certainly is. And one of my purposes here and now is to ensure that you are apprised of it. There was a certain Jew named Apollos who fervently edified the Lord, but there was one critical flaw in his preaching. However, in Apollos' favor, we must concede that he was unaware of that flaw. We read in Acts 18, 25, 26, this man, Apollos, was instructed in the way of the Lord, and being fervent in the spirit, he spake and taught diligently the things of the Lord, knowing only the baptism of John. And he began to speak boldly in the synagogue, whom when Aquila and Priscilla had heard, they took him unto them, and expounded unto him the way of God more perfectly. Apollos was still exhorting John's baptism, unenlightened of both the baptism in the name of Jesus and the gift of the Holy Ghost. However, because Priscilla and Aquila had accompanied Paul extensively, these two knowledgeable companions set Apollos on the right path. From that day forward, Apollos preached the gospel in his fullness, informing those he encountered on all that had transpired. Reading Acts 18, 27, 28, And when he, Apollos, was disposed to pass in Acacia, the brethren wrote, exhorting the disciples to receive him, who, when he was come, helped them much which had believed through grace. For he mightily convinced the Jews, and that publicly shrewing by the scriptures that Jesus was Christ. Paul himself set things in order too, as he traveled about preaching the gospel, reading Acts 19, 1 through 6. And it came to pass that while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul, having passed through the upper coast, came to Ephesus, and finding certain disciples, said unto them, Have ye received the Holy Ghost since ye believed? 
And they said unto him, We have not so much as heard whether there be any Holy Ghost. And he said unto them, Unto what then were ye baptized? And they said unto John's baptism. Then said Paul, John, verily baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying unto the people that they should believe on him which should come after him, that is, on Christ Jesus. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul laid his hands upon them, the Holy Ghost came on them, and they spake with tongues and prophesied. Thus we conclude there certainly is such a thing as the Lord's way, or the only correct way in salvation. Today we are fortunate to have the Bible scriptures to confirm this. In John 3, 5 are the very words of Jesus himself. Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Another pertinent scripture is Acts 2:38. Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and he shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. This significant scripture focuses on the entire cycle of salvation, repentance, baptism, the remission of sins, and the gift of the Holy Ghost. Furthermore, Acts 4.12 distinctly declares, Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Why is the name of Jesus so important? Philippians 2, 9 through 11 tells us, Wherefore God also hath ex highly exalted him, and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth, and things under the earth. The bowing of every knee has not yet come to pass, but it will surely happen when Jesus comes again to rule and reign on this earth. In Luke 6, 20-23, we find that it was Jesus who changed the philosophical sayings of the day. An example which follows, Blessed be ye poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are ye that hunger now, for ye shall be filled. Blessed are ye that weep now, for ye shall laugh. Blessed are ye when men shall hate you, and when they shall separate you from their company, and shall reproach you, and cast out your name as evil for the Son of Man's sake. Rejoice in that day, and leave for joy, for behold, your reward is great in heaven. For in the like manner did their fathers unto the prophets. Blessed means happy. Observe those who are said to be happy are in that state, not because of anything which they did, but because of what they were. He also said in the 25th, 26th verses, Woe unto you that are full, for ye shall hunger. Woe unto you that laugh now, for ye shall mourn and weep. Woe unto you when all men shall speak well of you, for so did their fathers to the false prophets. Jesus continued on and said, Love your enemies. Do good to those who hate and persecute you. Bless those who curse you. Offer the other cheek to him who strikes you. It was this King Jesus who wore not the crown, nor bore the scepter of the kings of his day, but instead was fitted with thorns for a crown and bruised of reed for a scepter. His throne was a cruel cross. Yes, he changed the idea of what a real king was. Reading John 19, 17 to 21, and he bearing his cross went forth into a place called the place of a skull, which is called in the Hebrew Golgotha, where they crucified him and two other with him on either side, one and Jesus in the midst. And Pilate wrote a title and put it on the cross, and the writing was Jesus of Nazareth, the King of the Jews. This title then read, Many of the Jews, for the place where Jesus was crucified was nigh to the city, and it was written in Hebrew and Greek and Latin. Then said the chief priests of the Jews to Pilate, Write not the King of the Jews, but that he said, I am the King of the Jews. 
Yes, someday soon he will return as King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Hallelujah. Dear Jesus became the leader of a new movement which would sweep the world. He did not become just another rabbi or even a rabbi, but rather become the leader of the common people of his day. The word common meant to be shared with every believer in Christ Jesus. We read in Jude verse 3, Beloved, when I give all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation, it was needed for me to write unto you and exhort you that you should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. To contend does not mean to be contentious or to argue. It does mean to stand for the faith at all costs. Jesus was a ruler who led his people by giving them examples, one which was washing their feet. After the last supper, Jesus rose up, laid aside his garments, took a towel, and girded himself. Reading John 13, 5, after that he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel wherewith he was girded. I would like to make it plain and clear that Jesus did this act to set an example. It is not an ordinance of the church. There are only two ordinances of the church, one, baptism, and two, partaking of the Lord's Supper. We don't wash one another's feet. He was baptized by John the Baptist, though John thought this Son of God should be baptized him. We read Matthew 3, 15 to 17, And Jesus answering said unto him, Suffer it be so now, for thus it becometh us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he suffered him. And Jesus, when he was baptized, went up, up straightway out of the water, and lo, the heavens were opened unto him. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting upon him. And lo, a voice from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. And anyone who obeys the commandments of God and gets baptized the correct way will hear that same voice from heaven. Now the baptism of John was for those who repented of their sins. Why then should our Lord Jesus, who was without sin, submit to John's baptism? The reason was that at the outset of his ministry, Jesus was a symbol of that which he had come to earth to do. Take the sinner's place in death. Jesus said in Mark 16, 16, He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. Yes, Jesus was first and foremost an agent of change, not the kind of change involved in building great empires, but the kind of change involved in building great lives, lives that have been truly changed to give glory to God and His Son, Christ Jesus. Therefore, let us all examine our lives this day. Have your lives truly changed? Let us put on the mark of patience. In this progressive world, we certainly do need patience as we are going at such a rapid rate through life. Now, what is patience? The word pain means willing to suffer. It means self-control. It means the ability to wait and not to rush into things. We need patience today in the home, in business, in school, and in the church. The motto today is hurry up and wait. Do we have a thorn in your flesh? Do you have a cross to bear? Then ask God to do what is best about it. He may not remove the thorn, he may not take away the cross, but he will help you by giving you grace. Paul had a thorn in the flesh. He prayed earnestly three times for God to remove the thorn. But God said unto him, I will not remove the thorn, but I will give you grace sufficient to bear it. Paul then said in 2 Corinthians 12, 9, Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. In college, someone told a professor that he did not believe that a man had a soul, since one could not see, nor hear, nor smell, nor touch, nor taste it. The professor wisely answered, did you see pain? Did you ever hear it? Did you ever smell it? Yeah, we know that there is such a thing as pain. 
Yes, if you would like to know more about God's Word, the church, and review these telecast presentations in its entirety, please visit our website at JesusComingSoon.org. Until our next telecast, this is your host, Head Pastor Blehan Jr., expressing my sincerest appreciation to each of you who have allowed us to come into your homes. May the good Lord bless and keep you all in the hollow of His hands. Closing today's program will be the church band, and they will play for you the song entitled Joy Unspeakable.
The preceding program was paid for by the Apostolic Faith Church.